0: You're listening to the ninth episode of the Scrubbing Unhappy podcast, where we remind you how to put one foot in front of the other in the moments when life serves you lemons. Say yes to happiness and take on even the most difficult days and still feel good while drinking your lemonade. I am Susanna Mukumai and I'm a coach, mentor, journalist, wife, mom, and former pessimist turned into believing that every challenge or setback can be a gift. I'm a woman who wants to be happy, and I'm dedicated to helping you feel happy too, even when life is like a roller coaster. In this episode, I'm talking to Jade Louis who is supporting women who have lost themselves in marriages to men from the Egypt and the Middle East. Hello, Jade. I am so excited to have you here, and welcome to the Screw Being Unhappy
1: podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
0: And I am super excited to talk about the topics we are going to talk about. And let's start with your own story. You first came to Egypt back in 2007 and you felt this kind of sense of belonging. Once you step on the Egyptian land, you felt it. And I'm sure many of us can relate to this in other countries. And many years fast forward, you met a man from Egypt, you fell in love, and you felt this was the sign that you finally can move to your dream country. So that's uh, how it started. So can you tell us a bit more about your story?
1: Yeah, of course. Um, and I just want to say that I never had any plan actually quite the opposite i never planned to be with an egyptian especially the type of egyptian that i met doing the job that he was doing that was the first thing that i said there is no way that i'm doing that and it just appeared that our paths crossed and that was it i believed at the time it was love at first sight i believe i met the one um and when i met him in 2011 uh within eight months, I would decided to move here because everything in the UK itself was collapsing by a bit. Things were guiding. I felt like the universe was guiding me to take. This step. And so in 2011, I took the step and then I started to enjoy myself over here. But I noticed as soon as I moved over, he started to change slightly. More of his controlling ways were coming out. Um, and he started then become physical and at that point I was quite embarrassed I'd moved so many millions of miles away from my home to Egypt and I was like this isn't the guy that I met I kept talking myself out of it um and I kind of got to a point that I felt like I was a bit stuck and I didn't want to look like a failure to everyone else so I was just hoping that he would change and he did but I didn't He wasn't being physically abusive, he was being mentally and emotionally abusive to me. And I don't think that there's enough um, awareness about these two types of abuse because it ruins women, to their core like when women say that they're broken when they come out of these types of relationships they really are because he's like attacking them from their core so i continued in the relationship thinking that everything was fine um and i stayed with him actually for eight years and it was in the process that i started to begin to lose myself I found that I wasn't doing what I used to do. I didn't even use to put makeup on how I did before. So many small things. And so many of my, I started to lose friends. And I just put myself into work. I love my job so much. I was a customer relations manager here. So um, I really enjoyed it. But I was starting to lose myself piece by piece. I was adapting more to how he wanted me to be for a quiet life than actually being who I who I am and it was only when um, my mum kept saying to me Jade you're not the Jade that I know you've lost your sparkle I can't see your sparkle in your eye anymore it was all of these small little things that actually made me wake up to what was actually happening in my reality Hmm. so so yeah
0: Yeah. And now you are helping women who, like you, lost themselves in a relationship uh, with a man from Egypt or Middle East. And now this question, it's kind of what comes first to the mind that you focus specifically to uh, women who are in a relationship with men from Egypt or Middle East. So what is it that makes them so different from other men on the planet?
1: Well, um, the the thing is, it's, they're so, obviously, in the UK, where I am from, probably from where you're from as well, the culture is a multicultural society. So you don't have certain beliefs that fit everyone. Everyone is very different. It's very vast. Whereas here in the Middle East, especially in Egypt, it has a very strong culture with very strong beliefs. Religion has such a high um what can you call it? Such a high regard in people's lives. People run their lives through their religion. And obviously, the majority of people here are Muslim. And the way life is here with the culture, it's years behind the UK. So how they think it's very um it's very old-fashioned as well. And the way that their life and their culture is, it's it's all of these ways that makes them very original and very different and unique in their own ways and it's not like if I was even if I was to speak to you about certain things they do you wouldn't understand because their ways are so different compared to what compared to anywhere in the world if I'm honest and it's these unique ways that especially when it comes to the mental and emotional manipulation this is the worst because you think that someone's trying to make you feel guilty when in actual fact they're manipulating you so if you follow what they say they get what they want and then in the end you get the love back and it's just small little things like this that really go under the radar especially when it comes to emotional and mental abuse it goes so much under the radar that we don't even realize um so yeah this is why it's so unique because the, the way that it's done is just so subtle, we don't even realize.
0: And what comes to my mind now, you said it's so subtle that we don't even realize it. And what popped in my head, is it that they are so used in doing things certain way that they also don't realize it? Or is it done on the kind of way that they know exactly what they are doing?
1: Most of them don't realize some of them do especially when it comes to like the scammers who are specifically going after women for money or for visas they do know specifically what they're doing and there was actually a documentary that i watched the other week it was called my mohammed's different and he actually said in there that he knew that he needed a foreigner because once he got a foreigner and he worked on her emotions he'd get her at a vulnerable place work her on her emotions and once he'd do that he'd be able to get the money to have the life that he lived so some of them know exactly what they're doing whereas others they don't because there is so much generational trauma in this particular area of the world it's just that it's just a rolling. in from each generation to each generation, it's just rolling and rolling and rolling. So as the women have always not, there's a lot of arranged marriages here as well. So there's a lot of marriages that are not actually based on love. They are put together from families, knowing that there's two good people being put together. So then the the kids and everything are gonna be looked after. So there's not the basis of love either. So, and as well, there is quite a lot of women that live apart from their husbands. So because they live apart from their husbands, their sons then become their life. Mm. So because of this, this also causes a lot of issues with the sons as well, because the mums are emotionally abusing the sons. And because of this, it's just it just goes all the way down the chain constantly. And it's only when people decide to break this pattern that things are going to start changing in this area, this part of the world.
0: Mm. it's it's really interesting and I'm sure like we could dive really deep into this and how it all um started and like as you said it goes like generations and generations and I see even like you know, my husband is Zambian Um, I am sure this culture is completely different from Egypt but it's still there's some way how the families functions that are not really comprehensible for us because we are coming from completely different place and I am sure like you live in Egypt for many years you have been married eight years so it takes time really to to understand this and as you mentioned there is lots of relationships between men from Egypt or Middle East um And if we are not talking about that section of scammers and really those who go specifically after the women to get their money, if we talk about the regular men and regular women who are not planning to go to Egypt and find their Egyptian husband, um, what, what women who are in the beginning of the relationship, what they should uh, pay attention
1: to? First of all, um, trust in yourself. That's the first thing I always say that to every single woman because the the things that you ignore or the things that you put to one side at the very beginning are normally the things that actually end the relationship in the end. So that would always be my first thing. Secondly, it would always I would always ask yourself why are you doing anything whenever you're doing anything in the relationship. Ask yourself why. Are you doing it because you're scared to lose him? Are you doing it because you're trying to prove that you want him to love you? Why are you doing things? Because sometimes we, from the very beginning, we overgive, we overdo, we take certain decisions, but not actually checking in with ourselves. Why are we doing that decision? And also when it comes to the to the men as well, I would hugely um, take time to get to know that person. Get to know their culture, their beliefs, the way that their minds work and see if that actually aligns with you, because if that doesn't align, then you're going to have problems later on. Because if he's not happy how you think and you're not happy how he thinks, it's going to be very difficult for you to be able to work together going forward. All of these things and also take things slow. Mm take things slow, that's the most important thing that I'll say, and also outlining exactly what you want. Because I think so many women go into relationships, and they don't know exactly what they want from the other person. So as example, if you want children, and you're not vocalizing that the other person you're in a relationship with, might not want children. So then it could be that three years down the line, you get to the point that you want children, but he doesn't want that. So then you feel like you've wasted your time. I feel that the get new, getting to know phase is really, really important for so many couples. And I think that this is something that's bypassed quite a lot. I think having the relationship with yourself, first of all, is so important because you understand what you want and then you can communicate it. And another huge thing is for me is communication in relationships, too. Making sure whatever you feel at the beginning, you're communicating because it could be that your idea of love is one thing. His idea of love is something else. And because he's not doing what you want as what you think is love, you then get upset. So it's you communicating with that person, explaining why you're upset, where is it coming from, so both of you can understand each other. Mm.
0: And you mentioned the documentary, if I quoted it right, it was called My Mohammed is Different, right? Yes. Um, how we know that the one we find is really different?
1: Oh, that is a good question. Um, I think for me, you just know, and I know that sounds really bizarre, but you, I've had very, especially Egypt itself. It's a very spiritual place, a very spiritual place, and. I have met so many people that I feel like I know, and I don't know why I say it like this. I just, as soon as I'm with them, I feel so comfortable. And this is the main reason actually why I moved to Egypt. I feel the person I am fits in here. And I feel that um, when you meet someone, you will, you don't get the butterfly feelings. You get this sense of the calmness, this sense of knowing that you just feel you've known this person so long and I think this is the other thing you people get confused with the butterfly feelings they think that that means that that's the one and it actually doesn't it's your body reject it's your body's energy rejecting that other person this is why feeling calm with someone but feeling calm with someone on an emotional and mental level and I think this is a lot of like so many people bypass this stage trusting someone with your mind is a lot different and deeper than trusting them with your body I feel so I think this is why I say it to know the person at the beginning I think that really helps you knowing if that person's different or not
0: yeah I'm just thinking because uh, you hear lots of stories and I know it's media they always report just the worst stories but then uh it's similar also in the um, on the coast of east africa lots of women coming they fall in love within three weeks and i know you mentioned take it slow which doesn't probably mean three weeks uh it means (laughs) that but you know, uh, then you hear these stories, and the women genuinely believe they are in love. They genuinely believe he's the right one, and you can see it from outside that something is not going as it should be. But them, they don't see it, and that's what I find so hard. Like in this, like when uh, people come uh to uh, to you or to me with this kind of thing, like it's super difficult to advise like what to do like or maybe as they say when somebody doesn't want to be helped uh, let them be but I was just curious what you think about these moments when the women are really convinced that the Mohammed is different yet he is not
1: yeah it's I I I really believe that all of us have our journeys are written Whatever they are, they're already written. And it's not up to us to wake someone up. And so many people try to wake me up on my journey. Like during, I wanted to leave after five years, but I didn't have the strength to leave because women that are in these types of situations, they're in something known as a trauma bond, which means on a mental level, they are deeply to that person and they believe that they can't be without that person going forward and it's only when you do the deeper work that you can actually start to detach yourself and again the reason why you're trauma bonded is because there's so much childhood trauma that you've been through and some people are not willing to take the plaster off and start healing the deeper wounds that are going on and Some of us are strong enough and some of us aren't. And that's okay because everyone has their journeys. And this is what I say to so many people. And if you can support someone, just make sure that you're looking after your own mental health at that point because people that are in these situations, they are, I'm not going to say damaged because they're not, they're just very broken people that need a lot more love actually. And the people these women that are doing this they don't actually realize that they're doing it mm. and this is what I say just give them as much love and compassion as you can at the safety of your own mental health
0: mm. and actually That's... that brings me to the next question I wanted to ask you uh, because I, I loved what you said on your website um, you said that your own journey is a survival guide for other women and that you start talking about your own experience so you can help other women and you just mentioned that some women are able to step out when the uh, relationship is abusive some it takes longer or they don't manage to do it so what made you step out of uh, emotionally abusive marriage? what was the tipping Uh, point I think you talked about it a bit that it was happening for quite long time but like what was the tipping point or what made you find the strength to go and leave
1: um yeah I started it was back in 2015 that I tried to leave and the thing is, when you're in a toxic relationship like this, whenever you try to leave and you try to break that bond, he will try and pull you back in. He will give you so many false promises, so many um, things that he's going to change. Yet he'll do it for a month or two and then he'll switch back. You know, I I started to see the pattern because I tried to leave three times. And each time um, I was getting more confident in myself because I was like, I'm really unhappy. I'm the one that's only investing in this marriage. Why is it only me? So after that, I thought, you know what? I'm going to start building myself up. And that's why I started. Towards the end of the five years, I wasn't wearing any makeup, nothing. And this is coming from someone that literally would take two hours with pleasure doing just a face of makeup. Like that was my hobby. I loved it. And I stopped that. And I then started doing it again to build myself back up step by step. I found that I'd never answered back to him um, before. I didn't have the confidence where I was starting to find my voice again. And all of these small things gave me more and more confidence each time. And um, after it got to the third time that I, I, I'd already said to him that I would leave six months prior. Again, he made me lots of broken promises. And I truly knew in myself. I feel this is also the power of manifestation as well, because it was like, right, I need to leave. I don't know how, but I'm just going <laughs> to And I know that sounds really, really bizarre, but at the point, I, when you're in these situations, you feel so helpless. And this is where, honestly, my faith in the unseen world, God, universe, whatever, um, people decide to identify it as really came in and I literally said to myself I need to leave show me the way and believe it or not three months later um, I went on a family holiday with him and his family um, to a tourism place here in Egypt and the holiday just went from bad to worse literally from bad to worse we ended up having a huge argument while we was there and he left me there and bearing in mind the place that I was at compared to the place that I live in, so it's not like it's close. And he left me there by, by myself with his family. So that was the the end point for me. I thought, you know what? I've, I've given you my whole life in every single which way and you do not treat me like this. And after that, I came back, I packed my stuff and then that was it. I left but I did have a huge um, story after that once I'd left because anyone who's in an abusive relationship will realize that when you leave a narcissist it is not the easiest of things they become obsessed afterwards so um, I had a huge journey for about 18 months trying to leave and completely disregard him but yeah he wasn't having it he was stalked me. He was obsessed with me for about 18 months. So it was very, very difficult. He was trying to get me out of the country. But this is where my heart and soul calls home. And I am not going to allow a man who has mentally and emotionally destroyed me also move me from the place that I love. So I've stuck by it. I'm still here. Still causing a bit of problems. But I, it's bearable now, whereas before it wasn't. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's uh, really touching. Like I felt like, yeah, it's uh, thank you for sharing that. And I think lots of women are experiencing similar things. And it's always so easy when we see somebody in an um, abusive relationship to to say that famous question, just leave him. What are you doing? But it's it can be so hard and it takes lots of uh, courage uh, to do so i'm so happy that you managed actually and that you are sharing it with other women and that's super important you talk a lot about self-love and you say that self-love is the purest form of love we can have and yes. in the space, like the, um, in the online space and probably even the real space, we hear this a lot. And for many of us, it's still kind of abstract format and it feels something kind of too spiritual, like how to do it in real life. So I wanted to ask you how we can really work on genuinely, uh, really uh, really, how to say, how we can really love ourselves? How we can do that? That it's not just a fake self love, we just are like, I love myself so much. Everything is amazing in this kind of fakeness, but the real love for ourselves.
1: I think, first of all, um, it's we have a certain belief in us as women generally that we are not a priority everyone is more important than us and if we do make ourselves as a priority we see ourselves as selfish and i think this is a huge belief that needs to be um, changed within so many of us and transformed because if we don't see ourselves as it's kind of flipping it so if we don't put ourselves, how is the rest of the world going to get the best of us when we aren't already a full cup as it is. And I think this is so important for so many women to know that in order for your kids, your husband to have the best version of you, you have to be able to fill your own cup up first to then be able to give to other people. And um, for me, self-love for us as women is very much being nurturing to ourselves. As we love and care for other people, it's doing that for ourselves. And I think we we really underestimate the power of how powerful our minds are. And if we aren't fully understanding what's in our minds and how we process, then we, we don't really know who we are. And as women, our most powerful part of us Is our body it's not actually our mind so the more that we nurture the thoughts that go through our mind the more we can start to reconnect to the rest of our body that to me is what love is and it's also to the child that you once was as well i do inner child healing specifically in the mentoring that i provide and for me it's been a game changer on my own journey connecting to the little girl that i once was and Taking her out for a day of her to enjoy herself is probably some of the best self-love that I've ever done. It sounds really weird to some people. Like, what do you mean an inner child day? But I will literally go and do what I used to love as a child, as an adult, because the child that we once was very much lives today. And if she's not taken care of, us as an adult will feel that.
0: Hmm. And what would be uh, the simplest thing if somebody realizes that uh, she is in an abusive relationship? What could be the simplest thing she can start with?
1: The simplest thing I would say is asking, whenever she's doing anything, asking why she's doing it. And being very aware of what she's doing. And as example, when you are in an abusive relationship like this, you have something known as brain fog because of the manipulation that you're going through. You can't see properly. I know. That sounds really weird. You can't see properly. You can't think properly. There is nothing there. You are constantly feeling like you're a hamster on a hamster's wheel. So the first thing for any woman that I always work with them straight away on is awareness. What are you thinking? Why are you thinking it? Where is it coming from? What are you trying to gain? And I always recommend, especially at the beginning, because we're because we're so erratic, because we're in survival mode, we're in fight or flight straight away. It's always good to to try and do some form of meditation. And a lot of people say, "Yeah, but I can't cal- I can't calm my thoughts when I'm in a meditation." That's not the point. It's just trying to slow them down and accept that they're there. Once you accept that they're there, you can then start to process them. And it's only, like I say to my clients every single time, whenever they're on a client call with me, they give me all of their thoughts, and then I take each one and I put them all in a filing cabinet because that's all it needs. All the thoughts need to be put in a filing cabinet. As soon as it's in a filing cabinet, at the end of the session, they're completely relaxed and done. Because it's just it's just mind management of sorting out your thoughts, where they're coming from, why they're there, and how you can how you can speak to them for them not to be disempowering you.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it's I completely agree with that, and it's also what I do with my clients and in my coaching because I think ultimately it's all about learning how to notice our thoughts and how how to manage them because we are most of the time we are on autopilot we are not uh thinking like why we are thinking this and it's so important that we realize like why am i thinking this why am i doing this because everything comes from from our head and yeah the moment i realized that i can actually start thinking about my thoughts it was a game changer because uh, until then I was my thoughts. I was all those like terrible thoughts I was telling myself and I didn't know it was not me, that it was not my character, right? And then once you are aware, you can start working on changing them so they actually work for you, right?
1: Definitely, it's huge. And you know what the biggest thing is now? I've given, I know it sounds bizarre, but this is just how I work. I've given each type of voice a certain voice so I can identify when it's my mind's voice and when it's my soul's voice so I know now straight away as soon as those loud thoughts come in I'm like nope this isn't me just let them come in let them shout at me and then they'll go yeah yeah <laughs> and, and then I get the really nice helps. quiet voice again yeah and it yeah. does like you say it really helps
0: yeah yeah and even it's the same with the names, like the inner critic, like you can call it what the judge and my coach, she called her Scarlet. Then I just noticed um Kevin Hart has a new audiobook. He calls the voices monsters. And or I ah. also found resistance in a book by Steven Pressfield. So everybody has oh, different wow. names, and we are talking yeah. about the same thing. And it, it's so liberating when you can like you hear that. Fourth, you hear it and then you can say thank you for telling me go and sit have a coffee I don't care I'm doing my thing
1: exactly exactly and this is like especially some of my clients they can't control when it's going to happen and I'm like no you're the one in in charge you say to those thoughts I'm not going to speak to you I'm not even going to listen to you until later on close and- the door and I'll visit you again at six yeah. o'clock
0: I read a nice metaphor about this in, uh, in one of the books I um, read recently, and it says we should treat our brain as an employee, right? To tell our brain what we want it to do. That like as it is now, it's it, it would be like employee, he just does random things, he the he does what he knows what to do, but he doesn't really know what you want. That's how the brain operates on the normal way. But once oh, we I start like telling the brain, like yeah. do this, do this, then slowly he but i don't know why i'm referring to the brain as no oh, i
1: really like that analogy
0: yeah but i i like the metaphor because it gives us like the, the kind of yeah. aha moment that like oh i'm not the servant of my brain i'm actually the boss
1: <laughs> exactly and that's the most powerful thing with the unconscious it's giving those identities to things and it can really help shift quickly hmm. this is this is the thing like how did we not know any of this stuff at school like how was this not taught to us (laughs) it's crazy it blows my mind how none of us knew about this before honestly I, i remember when i started learning about all of this in 2020 it was it just blew my mind i actually felt alive i had answers yeah yeah
0: same here that's what they should teach us at school but anyways, exactly. at least we are discovering it and we are sharing it farther, so I think exactly. that's a great thing. And Jade, um, Definitely. Because this podcast is for women who are ready to say no to all the BS, who are ready to say yes to happiness. And also through this podcast, I want to sh- uh, show that nobody is perfect, uh, the real life is not the perfect Instagram life, and that every one of us uh, even when we try to work with people try to inspire people we still have hard days we still have um, shitty things happening to us so i wanted to ask you what is hard for you right now and how you are dealing with it
1: well i'm actually in the middle of something at the moment and um Even though I left my ex-husband four years ago, I still have a property with him and I still have a legal issue in regards to that property. Um, The legal issue now has been going on for four years. So for anyone, it is a long time and I should be given that property and I keep being delayed constantly. I was supposed to get it at the end of January and again, it didn't work out. And I was blaming myself until yesterday. So bearing in mind for nearly two weeks now, this has been on my mind and I've been blaming myself that I don't deserve the property. I'm doing something wrong. I need to fix myself. It's my problem. Why is the whole world against me? And I went into full blown head mode loud voices completely forgot who until i actually sat with myself and i was like this isn't me and i was like no i want to stop everything i want to stop my business i want to stop i just went into full spiral and i sat with myself and i was like this is not me and after everything that i've learned why am i making it out to be me the powerful one I always have been and I always will be how now can I bring my power back and change the way I'm thinking and I sat with myself for a whole day and I changed everything and now the whole story in my mind is that during this period again I have to trust because what's meant to be will come to me at the right time I can't micromanage what's going this world and I can't micromanage my life there is someone else in control that's not me I have to surrender and flow with life trusting that when things are supposed to happen for me they will happen for me so that's what I've currently been going through and that's what I've now changed the narrative in my head and it's serving me so much that now I'm back to center again so yeah so, Welcome like back. I say, I've been doing this work for three years, and even I still have my bad times, and it's normal. You know, it's it's healing. It's as as they say, healing is like an onion. You just take each layer off, and each layer you get, you get even more deeper, and you keep thinking that you've healed certain things, and then a new thing comes up and says hi. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. yeah I once think you're on all this of journey, us, we're raising
0: it. hands who experience this. Like our hands are up. And thank you for sharing that because um, I think it's so important to to share this because people may have the belief that if you are a coach, you need to be perfect, that you should have everything handled and that you don't hear those uh, judge voices, you don't hear this, you don't have shitty days. And it's not like that. And I always say it's not about that you don't experience. It's about how you deal with it. And even me, like my day today, especially in the afternoon, I was like, I'm not impressed with myself today. I could have done much better. But at least I already noticed in the shift how I would talk to myself in the past. I would never in the past, I would never say I'm not impressed. I would say something, you are stupid or you are like, why you are doing this, just quit, go back to your job, but at least today, I was like, I'm not impressed with myself, what can I do to make it better, and that sounds like that I did actually something similar as what you did, I sat by myself, I got this book, and I actually started writing, like, how I want my good day look like, and how can I start creating it, and, (laughs) excuse me, and yeah, I, I really love that you share this and I know it can be, I think Egypt and Zambia, we are all in Africa and I think there will be some things in common and at least here these things can be really, really frustrating Um. so I know it must be quite hard to wait all No, this. but
1: especially, we're, we're not in our native countries either you know, so you've got all of that to come against and I, don't, I just feel because of the type of work that we do and because mm-hmm. we help so many different people, we have to go through so many different experiences to gain even more tools and knowledge and wisdom to help other women in this world as well. That's how I look at it. Yeah, And I feel quite privileged that we're in that position to be able to do so as well.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: And Jade, uh, what lifts you up when you are down? And maybe you already answered it in the previous question, but maybe something else comes to
1: mind or repetition is always good. No, for me, um I've got two nieces. Uh one is nearly one in April and the other one is four next week. And when I when I'm in their world, I just forget about everything. Even just a quick FaceTime or spending time with them, I just it just completely takes me out of the world that I'm in and I'm with them so if I'm not with them then it's going to the beach that is my little place that I love to go and it just completely grounds me and brings me back to center again Mm. and And just the calming of the water just steals my mind
0: And talking about what children can teach us, I just um, saw today a short clip from Dr. Shefali, if you know her, and she was saying children are a perfect way how we can start training our presence and being in the present moment. Like the children, they want... All our attention, like if we are on the phone scrolling, like they they know it, even if they are just looking like they are playing in the corner. But it's she was saying it's a perfect way how we can kind of be the Jedi masters on our like be present in the moment. And yeah, it can can be really hard, but
1: yeah. Like honestly, and the thing is. From all the the work that I've been doing on inner child healing specifically, we are our purest self. We are a purest version of love when we're a child. That's why whenever you look at a newborn baby, you just have so much love for that baby because that's that's the child's love radiating onto you, feeling that you know. And it's just their happiness and the spirit around children that I love. I absolutely adore it and yeah it just it kind of is kind of like their happiness then radiates onto you and it's just the innocence mm-hmm. of everything's just full of happiness and joy and yeah I just love it my two nieces are just amazing so
0: mm. yeah we can learn so many things and yeah it can be hard like as a mother like I as I was telling you before we started recording like uh, my son had really hard time before this recording one hour crying non-stop like these moments can be hard but then mm-hmm. when you see how they are in the moment and like happy of the small things and we somehow lost this ability but I believe we can regain it when we work on Definitely. it because it's yeah. in us we, it's not like we are different we are still the same person, same person. and yeah. um, one of the last question is who inspires you and why?
1: Who inspires me and why? Um, to be honest, I don't believe in um, celebrities and things like that with inspiration i've never really been one for that um the recent guy that has really really inspired me with the stuff that he speaks about is a guy called danny morell um his teachings are absolutely insane the way he talks he it's like he's talking to my soul every single video that i watch he's just so to the point and he just gets me every single time and he really inspires me to keep doing this type of work Mm. and seeing the end result he's he's come from um he's had a a bad life um in his own journey and how he's completely evolved um found a loving relationship and everything that he's learned on his journey it's just yeah it's just really really inspired me Mm. really inspired me and I, I enjoy watching his content. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I never heard about him, and I will definitely ch- check him out. That's why I ask this question so we can really learn something new and we can get inspired. So I will also then include the name and the link um in the show notes so uh the amazing women who are listening can can check him out also. And mm-hmm. um as we are coming um the end of the conversation which i'm sure it could last for much longer Um, i as a coach uh, i focus always on action because you can have the best coach ever but without actually doing the work nothing will change so i want to ask you if the women who are listening who resonated with this discussion if there is one thing you could advise them to do right now after listening to this conversation what that would be
1: um to to get a journal out and any thoughts that you've had maybe actually re-listen to some parts of this podcast and any thoughts that come up write them down and when you write them down, allow do not judge yourself and allow yourself to write. And after you write and you know that everything's out, I want you to read the paper as if that was given to you by someone else. And every single thought that's on that paper, any single worry, I want you to then rewrite an, a powerful belief after that, that you can then start embodying yourself to help yourself through the journey where you're at today.
0: Yeah, beautiful task. A difficult yeah. one, big one. It will not take five minutes, but I love it. Uh, and thank you sh- uh, for sharing that. And I hope people women who are listening that you will really do it because, as I said, without the action, without the energy from you, nothing can start changing, and you have the power. Jade, thank you so much for being here. And where can we find you? Where women uh, who um, listened, maybe they have a partner from Egypt, Middle East, or you just resonated with them, where they can find you?
1: Well, I'm on Instagram at Jade Louise Tibbles. I'm also on Facebook at Jade Louise Tibbles. I'm on TikTok, Jade Louise Tibbles too. And also you can find me on my website, www.jadelouisetibbles.com or you can email me info at jadelouisetibbles.com as well.
0: Okay. And everything will be in the show notes. And thank you again for being here. It was such an interesting conversation and I kind of wish we could continue for the episode number two, but maybe it will happen in future. So thank you for being here.
1: No, I'm more than happy to be here. And I'm really happy that you asked me to be on here. It's really good to meet you. And yeah, if anyone wants to ask us any further questions, why not? And we could maybe do another podcast. We can
0: see. Yes, at your service always. So once you listen to this episode, let us know if you have any questions or comments and maybe we bring continuation. Whether you were listening to just learn or get inspired, whether you were hoping to learn more about mentally and abusive relationships or looking for real tips, what to pay attention to when starting a relationship with a man from the Egypt or Middle East or where to start once you realize you're actually in an abusive relationship, I hope this conversation was useful, practical, inspiring, and most importantly, helping you to jump into action and start claiming your power. Because you can do it and I 100% believe in you. Thank you for listening in today and let's say together, screw being unhappy. Let's say that every single day, especially when the life is hard, because happiness is our choice. So let's screw being unhappy and say yes to happiness. Let's go and let's do it. Until next time, with love, Susana.